Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 151. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Greetings, mate. And Dom. 100% disc usage, Jared. <laughs> 100%. It's over 9,000. Um, we had our 150th ep- episode last week. We had a pretty cool quiz. It was actually, it went off a lot better than I expected. You guys ended up tying, right? Uh, some fun no, questions. No. Oh no! The J Dog won. Oh yeah, that's right. It was Ouch. close to a tie, right? And then he got the last, the last question right, or he stole one. I don't Something remember. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Came down um, to the buzzer. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that was that was really cool. We made it past 150 episodes now. 151 of no significance. Um, but let's hop into what we've been playing. I'll go first. Um, some more Super Mario Maker 2. Finally uploaded my first level to the Course World. It's called Trial of Grix 1.0. Just a random name. I was like Trial of, and then okay. I just came up with a random name. Um, right. It's a pretty cool short course. I uploaded the uh, course uh, ID to uh, Twitter if you're interested. Um, it's a speed run, so I think it's like a 30 second speed run. You can fin if you're if you optimize your run, you can finish it like in 23 seconds. Um, it's pretty like lenient on the time. It's not too hard either. Uh, just requires a little bit of. Uh, timing in terms of platforming but it's not like anything it's not kaizo level i'm not putting in like some uh shell jumps or or p switch jumps or anything like that so really enjoyed that i uh, didn't make too much progress in the story unfortunately i want to get through that um it's really cool because like the whole point of it is introducing you to uh different design concepts and ideas that you can implement in your own levels they're all designed by nintendo themselves so they're they're uh you know the authentic premium mario levels you're used to which is great uh, what else did I play? Um, some more Apex Legends Season 2. Grinding away at that. Uh, having fun with the new character, Watson. Um, haven't been playing with uh, many people. I've been kind of hopping in solo with randoms. It's been going surprisingly well. I've won a uh, number of games, which is pretty cool. Um, last week, or maybe it was the week before. Was it last week or the week I was just with you, Jordan, that I was talking about Season 2 launching? And like all of the daily challenges and stuff. I don't remember. That was I think last, that was week, last week, week where we talked about the uh, the weeaboo chick that they made. Oh yeah, Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was last week. Um, once again, the incentive to play other characters. So I main Bangalore, and I've been playing a lot of Watson just because she's a new character. But the daily challenges um, differ in terms of like get five headshots with Octane or play a game with uh, Bangalore. Right? It's like very specific or a little bit more skill. So, like, playing a game doesn't require any skill, right? You just hop in and you can get that unlocked for your battle pass but uh, for your daily challenges. But, obviously, getting five headshots requires a little bit more skill. You can be lucky as well. Um, so, I'm just loving that because there are days I'll hop on. It's like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to try to grind for that challenge, right? Um, and there's other days where I'm like, yeah, sure. One of the funniest things is uh, one of the, it was either, like, Friday or Saturday. Uh, it was finishing the top three as a character, and obviously I'm playing with random, so that's a lot harder. So I dropped in, and in the first, like, five minutes, my two teammates had died, and instead of trying to revive them or anything, I just booked it. And I did the thing I hate most in these games. I sat in a corner and camped and sat on the edge of the circle as it came in just to get that third that third finish, that number three finish, to get the challenge because it was towards uh, later in the night, and I wanted to hop off to watch something, right? So, uh yeah, I was a little scummy, but I was able to get the challenge done nonetheless. Scummy indeed. Yeah, super scummy. Uh, enjoying Apex. Um, playing a bit of NBA here and there, my my player, which isn't too, anything to 
talk about. Um, yeah. Let me check my. So Jared. Yeah. Since you bring up my player, for whatever reason, oh, I know why. I started watching the movie Long Shot. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to like go into my own thing. With uh, Seth Rogen and. Uh, uh, oh, I get the connection. Uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron, uh, and it's a two over two hour comedy. Not that funny so far, like thirty minutes in. So we'll see if I finish that one. Anyways, <laughs> nice. it's a long show. Anyways, yeah, yeah. So that's I finally looked up that song, and the reason that I'm going on this long tangent is because. Um, what's his name? Porter Scott, Scott Porter. Porter. Uh, his character model during the cutscene in Madden when he's playing that song on the guitar for his friend is so unbelievably bad. I I was like screaming at the television that it looks so ugly. So how does the my player situation look? Uh, well, this is an NBA, so it's different. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Is it, for, have they? Is the two K franchise doing better than Madden? I guess. Um, well, I mean, in Madden, in you don't... In that regard. In in the... I'm talking about, like, character models. Uh, like... So, like, NPC character models with, like, voice sync and, like, lip sync and stuff like that? Yeah, because... Is my player, like, a story mode type of deal? Yeah, in NBA 2K, yeah. It's it's essentially right, right, that. Right. Um, I mean, just... So I'm just as, wondering about the general, uh, state of character models in these, uh, story modes of sports games. Um... It, they suck at like lip sync and stuff. It's not like great, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good for a sports game. It's not you know this isn't like the Last of Us or stuff like that. And a lot of times in these sports games, unfortunately, the story modes of the are the modes that get the least played. So yeah, uh, the, the you know the the project managers are like, well, let's allocate the least amount of time to that because that's the least important thing. So yeah, it's just it's it, a weird thing, man. Like. Jumping into that cutscene and like remembering my brothers playing these, I'm just like, uh, like I don't even know if you need this. It's just kind of like, do you enjoy it? Do you, is it? It's obviously it doesn't sound like it's on the caliber of most of the other stories and games that you'll play, but oh, I like I I loved Longshot. Uh, the second one, the follow up wow. wasn't as good because um, it focused actually on Scott Porter and his like little sister. And it was less about football, so it was, like, yeah. less interesting. And, and obviously, when you do that, you can uh, – it's harder to, like, camouflage some of the hokey writing. But the first sure. one's great. Like, I would love for, for them to turn the first one into, like, a movie. Um, wow. it just, it's a good story. It's not, like, mind-blowing, but it's, like, a solid yeah, sports yeah, yeah. story. You know, it's, like, just a really good uh, redemption arc for the main character. I can't even remember his name because, obviously, Scott Porter isn't the main character. You He's like the, me. But you will. Oh, that's the the FIFA guy. What's his name? <laughs> Daniel David something. I can't remember. Daniel um, David Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something Henry. I don't know. Anyways, so played a bit of NBA. Uh, I was trying to think if there was anything else I played. I don't think there was. Uh, five episodes into Stranger Things uh, 3. Not season Ooh, 3, apparently. Gotcha. Just call it Stranger Things 3. Right, uh, right. Enjoying that. Um, obviously another episode a seven eight hour movie basically yeah um, what was I going to say oh another episode into a lot of the shows I've been watching so uh, another episode of Titans another episode of 
uh, Young Justice, another episode of Breaking Bad. What, Jay? Um, so, Titans kind of redeemed itself. Remember I said episode three is like one of the worst episodes right? of television I've ever seen. Right? Like, I thought it was really bad. Episode four yeah. is Doom Patrol, where they introduce, obviously, the cast of that yeah. show. I The one thing that weirded me out with that episode is I could have sworn when they announced the casting for Doom Patrol, the guy who was playing the guy in the wheelchair, their Professor X or whatever, I could have sworn uh-huh. he was, like, uh, an, like a, a renowned, like, English actor who was white. So, like, yeah, when I was watching... Uh, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, so the actor in episode four, that's not Timothy Dalton, right? I can't remember how they did that cast. I don't know if they cast him for that episode, but then when the actual show came out, they actually had Timothy Dalton. Because this dude's like a a brown dude, right? So he's a good actor. It was fine. It was just weird to me because I was like, in my mind, I was remembering like, didn't they like get some like white dude to be the guy in the show? So I was like, so that's not it's the guy. It's probably totally different because, like, Brendan Fraser is Robot Man in the show. For he's in, but he's in the, he's in Titans, he's in, uh, he's uh, Robot Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, this guy looks uh, totally different from Timothy Dalton. So, um. Did they reek? Have you watched Doom Patrol at all? I've watched the first couple episodes. I enjoy it. It's just like. But so it is these Timothy Dalton though in the actual man. show. Yeah. You so can only they do so many of these superhero shows, yeah. So it's it's like a weird casting of him being in the Titans episode and Timothy Dalton being in the real show. I guess so. That's super weird. There's also uh, like the voice of the what Negative is Man, it, the Changing Man, Negative Man. He uh, he's a relatively famous guy um matt bomer yeah i just couldn't it was and weird to me it was off-putting because like i loved the episode i was just like isn't this supposed to be like a a, a white english actor and it's this like brown guy you know it's just like very off-putting to me i was like this this is a uh, not the actor i expected it to be so i was like is this the character i think it is but yeah enjoying that uh breaking bad like i said i'm uh at the beginning stages of season four um, for those of you who watched the show, I'm not going to spoil it, but Dom and Jordan, I'm, the episode I just finished watching was the one where, uh, Hank got a brand new notebook. Uh, that's a, the, Hank got a brand new notebook. <laughs> the Vegas, I can put it. Yeah. So, um, still enjoying the show. My one hang up with Breaking Bad, and it'll probably be my hang up with the show when it ends. I still think it'll probably be my top five favorite shows of all time. It's very well made. It's very good. I, the story's very good. I just don't have any character I like care about or cheer for or like well they're all kind Junior? of really? not uh, jesse man well at this point at this point in the show he's not really he hasn't been in any of the episodes in uh, season four uh jordan but like he's really? an ancillary character so it's like whatever um i don't feel bad jesse for jesse though? you know he's, he's like a shitty dude <laughs> i don't cheer for jesse oh well, yeah he's, keep watching i mean he obviously tries to be a better person than Walt does, you know, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like him more than Walt, but there, he's not necessarily somebody I cheer for. And what uh, about know, Hank? Oh, no, Hank's a, like a racist he's asshole, He's the worst. Too. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you, if you work for the... What do, you, what do they call it? The DEA? The like, DEA? Fuck yeah. out of here, dude. 
kidding me? The, the thing with them is like they, the, the way the, the show says. <laughs> the way the show writes the characters is like we're giving you these more realistic depictions of people which I get not everybody's like white or black it's a lot of gray right? I understand that yeah, but yeah. for me it's a lot more black than white in the gray mix it's a lot more darker gray gotcha. so gotcha. It's, it's harder for me to root for people which doesn't make the show yeah. bad I still enjoy it but for me personally to have like a to fall in love with the show and have it be one of my favorites I need to have somebody I'm like actually rooting for so that's what's tough with me so, with the show. I, I really enjoy it. It's good. But. It, yeah, it's it's definitely one. I mean, there's different types of shows and how they uh, develop characters, right? This is the way you just described what you prefer. This is not that, right? Because yeah. um, obviously the opposite happens. Like Walt is obviously your your main character, but he goes the opposite direction. Um, yeah, and I won't spoil yeah. it for you, but you know, he um, Jesse bad. kind of. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> It's not so black and white, but he—you can at least—he's much more likable. One, like he's a likable character, I think, even though he's not a good person most of the time. Um, but he goes in a slightly different direction. But then, like, yeah, the ancillary characters like Hank and oh man, Marie, you just like wanna just—I'm sorry, but shut Marie. up, you know. But it's great. So like, even this like is Saul, actually getting me like, well, really excited for the show because I'm not remembering half of this <laughs> shit that you're telling yeah. me, Jared. Especially the nuanced stuff, so that Hank's racist. I don't remember that. It's like there's a lot to go back to. So um, I'm excited about that. Especially once I think within the next couple of years we'll we'll be done with well, uh, Better Call Saul. And the thing too is like, so my parents have worked in corrections a lot in my life, and okay. I've met some of my dad's friends who are Hank. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Like, I know Hanks in real life, so it's like, god yeah. damn it. Especially but, like, working in law enforcement or whatever, like you said, but then in that part of the United States, like, you know. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> it's it's honestly a credit to how good the show is that I – it's not the type of show where it has the characters I really want, but I'm still watching it and I'm really enjoying it. Um, it it's a really great show. It's just, like I said – for my personal taste, it's there's no one I'm really gelling with, you know, and that might change toward the end of the show, but there's only a handful, well, not a handful of episodes, but I'm like, you know, near the end of the season and a little bit more, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, great show. Um, oh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention, so Saul, I don't like Saul either. I like hate Saul. Um, yeah. A great character. I just hate him. So it's like when people are like, oh, Better Call Saul is good. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to watch a show focused on this dude because like to Don's point, at least – Walt has changed. Like, at the very beginning of the show, everyone loves Walt. And then it's like, uh, Walter. It's like, and then as the show goes on, as you start disliking him more and more, as you see yeah. who he really is. You feel less less bad for him each time like, he does. Exactly. With Better Call Saul, I know he starts in a good place, and you see, like, the person behind the character that's in Breaking Bad. But I'm just not interested in that show. You know what I mean? Personally. Um, even though I've heard it's, in many ways, it can rival or be better than Breaking Bad. But, yeah, just not my... My idea of a good time in terms of TV show. So I'll add really quick. It, it's also it's like fifty fifty. So it's like half Saul and half um, Mike. Actually, it's thirty thirty thirty. Half Saul, half Mike, and then half a mix of um, some of the people uh, from like the cartel and Gustavo. They that actually makes me more interested. Yeah. yeah, I like I like Mike's character. I mean, I don't like him. He's a piece of shit too. But. <laughs> It is, like, uh, there's one episode in particular, I won't spoil it, obviously, but it's entirely around Mike and Better Call Saul, and it is probably the favorite, my favorite episode of anything I've ever watched, ever. It's, like, super, so, super good. Actually, Jared, 
I think the most exciting part about Better Call Saul, uh, maybe from your perspective, I should say, is someone that you have you haven't met at all and won't in Breaking Bad, and that's Nacho. Yeah, he's played yep. by uh, Michael Mann. I think is Vas. The, yeah. Mondo. Mondo. Mando, yeah. yeah, Michael Mando, uh, and he, yeah, he plays Voss in Far Cry Three. Um, He's excellent. He yeah. is an awesome character, and of course, we're kind of waiting to see why he doesn't show up for a break. Yeah, that, he's but. he's one of those where you're like, huh? Good chance he's gonna die at the end of this show because we, yeah, he I should mean, exist in in Breaking Bad. Jared, if you want someone to root for in the Breaking Bad universe, that's your guy right there. I mean, mm. he he's gonna. I hate to break your heart. He's gonna do shitty things. <laughs> because he's yeah. in the show Breaking Bad, but, um, but sometimes certain good people are you know squeezed and in circumstances, and just watch the show eventually. Never mind. Yeah, I mean one of the better characters in the show was in terms of like rooting for them was Gail, especially after you find out like not to spoil the show for people, skip fifteen seconds real quick. The fact that he's like virtually responsible for Gus going to Walt, you know what I mean? When you find out that whole thing of like yep. he's the reason he even like did the deal it's yeah it's crazy yeah um but yeah g- shout out to gail worst so, first name i will go ahead and warn you jared is i guess maybe it's not one of your complaints of breaking bad is too slow right that's uh it was when i remember i told you guys i had stopped watching it uh like a couple episodes a into back. season three uh that yeah, was my there's complaint points there yeah um but obviously now i'm finishing the show now i'm already like you know through one third of season four, so yeah, I would say Better Call Saul is like monumentally slower, slower than Breaking Bad, which is definitely a weird thing to say, but it is true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, super not necessary, but yeah. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, we went on a whole tangent about Breaking Bad, but it's fine. It's a great show that deserves to be talked about every, every so often. Sometimes. Um, what about you guys? What have you guys been playing? I'll go. Uh, I got Red Dead Redemption Two. A little bit more of that. That was it. Have you Nothing reached any... Sorry to interrupt you. Have you reached, like, a chapter yet? Like, the end of a chapter? Outside of, like, the prologue, obviously. I mean, I'm still in chapter two, but I started... Okay. I mean, I, I, it's all open now, right? And I, I got to a point where I, I feel like I'm only doing side quests now, and that's, like, all that is available to me. I don't really know what the main quest... One complaint... Sorry. <laughs> um, I want a quest log, and this goddamn game doesn't really do that. It kind of just has, like markers on the map and i don't really know which one is the main quest or where i, I can kind of you can kind of assume but the yellow ones are the main quest okay so they're all main quests because there's like a bunch of or them. opposite of that white so there's white ones and there's yellow ones one of them is main quest one of them is side quests the game tells got you a bunch of yellows so yeah <laughs> maybe uh, i need to do some of those and then like a, a white one will come is up chapter is chapter two valentine yeah, that's primarily where most stuff is going on. So, uh, have you gone back to camp at any point recently? Yeah, a bunch of times. Okay. I'm just trying to think of a reason why you <laughs> might not have procced a, a main story mission. There is a mission log, too. It's not like an active mission log. You didn't play GTA Five, right? No, it's just... It's just different than what I'm used to. It's like just a I gotta get used to it kind of complaint well, more than a it's dumb design, right? I think well, I think your complaint is valid because it is a little. It's like in the menus. It's not like readily available, you know. So I think it's a valid complaint that it should be more readily available. But yeah, um, I'm just used to like in an RPG, right, where you have like quests and then like here's the main one, 
here's your active one and you click on it, it's highlighted and it's highlighted on the map you know the usual system yeah. <laughs> yep. that's yeah. not here I think it's just different rockstar treats it as like a more cinematic experience whereas a lot of rpgs are like yeah about the gameplay grinding and stuff like that you know what i mean of like get to this yeah. mission get to this mission it's just a different experience yeah i mean you can still play it in that same way though because they are presenting you know main missions and side quests it's just kind of not almost listed in the way that Dom's describing, yeah. right? So yeah. I do I kind of feel like that's them being like, oh, we're Rockstar. We don't label them as side quests. It's, pre- no, it's pretentious, I, like, Yeah, I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's what it is because it's like it wants it to be ambiguous as far as, like, what I'm supposed to be doing because yeah. that, that prevents the problem of, like, you know, Fallout 4, like, oh, you're supposed to be looking for your son. Why in the heck are you doing all this other random crap, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. – like, narratively, it doesn't gel. Yeah. But this is, like – I don't know. I'm going to go hunting. And it makes perfect sense. Like, because I need some pelts because I need to do this. And, and it does camp, help with the immersion. I'll, yeah, I will give them that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and I get a letter from, like, this woman. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see what she's been up to, Miss Winton. And I got this whole thing with this kid. That was great, by the way. Is there's, like, uh, later on in the game, as, as you progress, Dom, there's, like, some missions where, like, you forget you're even playing, like, an open world game like that because you get so caught up in, like, these specific conversations with people where, like, you feel like you're watching, like, an animated show or something. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. I've, I've already got game. a little bit of that. Like, one of the earlier missions was just to go and uh, collect some debts, right? And, like, this one guy didn't even speak English, and that was kind of funny. And then this, oh, the, yeah. this next guy <laughs> is, like, it, Arthur is such a good character, too. Uh, it's similar to Breaking Bad or, like, this guy's an asshole, and he's done some shit, clearly. He's, he's yeah. r- pretty roughed up, but, like, how reluctant he is, like, gotta go beat the shit out of this guy because he owes us money, and, like, the guy doesn't have the money, and it's just this whole, I don't know, I, it just feels so real. I don't know. I yeah. just believe it all so much. So the thing with Arthur is, like, Arthur's character arc is the type I like where I can get if somebody's an asshole, but they're working towards being a better person. It's the Walt character arc of, like, I'm a good person, mm, vaguely. I don't think Walt was necessarily ever a quote-unquote good yeah. person. But then he, like, yeah. becomes a really big asshole, you know. But, um, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, how many hours would you say you're in? Probably, like, 8 to 13-ish, probably? Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? That's been, uh, more Elder Scrolls Blades. It's starting to burn out. But, uh, yeah. I think they're going to change. It's still early access, I realized, so. Oh, yeah, it hasn't fully released, right? Right, yeah. Hmm. Uh, anything else of note you wanted to mention? Uh, no, uh, you guys watch, like, Handmaid's Tale? That's been No, it's on my, nuts. like, two watch. That watch and Big Little Lies season. are, like, shows I need to get to. Red yeah. Book, watch the first season. It's something. It's, it's you have Amazon, gut. oh, you have Amazon Prime, right? That's Is that an Amazon show? Or is it's that a Hulu. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lose track. It's too many streaming services. Too many streaming services. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that's, that's it, though. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan? So, I didn't play anything this week. Uh, what I Next? Did do was, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, obviously, I watched plenty of stuff. Um, and I actually kind of, like, finished a bunch of stuff. Uh, went through the last season of Veep. Uh, which came out uh, a year later than expected because uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus had some health issues. And uh, so I don't know if you guys have seen that show, but it's an HBO show uh, where she plays the vice president. And um, it's, you know, just 
mostly a parody of American politics, which uh, is not a topic I'm usually interested in, but this show is really fucking funny. Um, it's probably the most cynical show I've ever seen, uh, but, you know, sometimes that's funny. I kind of watch it in small doses for that reason, but um, enjoy it nonetheless, or did. Uh, I guess it's over now, so... Um, kept watching Hannibal through the first season and I'm now on the second and um, yeah that show's fucking wild man uh, it is unbelievably dark and and like goes to such such crazy depths and is like just extremely explicit um but I think it is a really good show, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. So also, I think like I mentioned, I'm I'm taking that in small doses as well because um, of how basically fucked up of a show it is. Um, shout out to the uh, kind of like lighting and color grading on that show. It is so dark um, with kind of like the HDR vibe on the TV. It's just ridiculously uh, darkly lit, um, for anything that someone's filming, but, uh, somehow they get away with it and make it look just pretty much perfect. I'm sure it wouldn't be perfect on every screen. I'm sure it could be really annoying on, on certain, uh, viewing experiences, but it's, it's a really visually interesting show from that standpoint and many others, but, uh, I won't, uh, go all the way into that. So, uh, yeah, Hannibal season two and uh, Barry season two, which Barry season two is I think is way better than season one. Season one's definitely uh, good to great I would say, but Barry season two is is really awesome um, and super funny man. Like just some crazy wild shit on that show as well. Very much like absurdist uh, in many different ways, um, but also has. Um, a really interesting heart to it and has a good focus and a lot of um, aspects when it's not being as silly so uh, really enjoy Barry um, finished an anime called Soul Eater which was uh, I also recently watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood which is animated by Bones Studio which is uh, as far as like uh, anime studio that does individual series mostly as opposed to movies I would say um, Bones is by far the best I think uh, doing it right now and um, of course they're currently animating probably the biggest show in the world which is My Hero Academia uh, but back about 10 years ago they were doing Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and then right before that they did Soul Eater and so um, I think that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is probably the best looking anime I've ever seen um, with just fucking absolutely gorgeous like painterly backgrounds with these brush strokes that you almost wouldn't believe and um, I wouldn't say that Soul Eater is quite on that level but it is an amazing looking anime nonetheless and um, it's basically about kind of mm, Kind of like Monster Hunter, uh, Reaper type people, 
Um, it's it's goofier than I kind of made it sound there, but uh, of course it's anime. But um, it's about an academy of these uh, death scythes, as they're called, and their weapons, which are people that turn into weapons, similar to like Xenoblade Chronicles Two, uh, with the blades, I think they're called. Uh, but um, really great anime. It's a very anime anime. It also has now my favorite. Uh, voice acting role of Troy Baker um, which he has a bunch of anime stuff under his belt but he plays this fucking ridiculous ass character um, and is just fucking hilarious so I really enjoyed that um, I watched The Conversation with Gene Hackman uh, which is a Francis Ford Coppola movie in between Godfather 1 and 2 um, where Gene Hackman is like a like a bugger that records people's conversations and kind of gets embroiled in some shit with Harrison Ford and Robert Duvall and um, it's a little bit long it's like two hours but um, other than some slower parts it's it's an interesting movie I would say not on the caliber of Godfather 1 and 2 but uh, interesting nonetheless so um, yeah that's a bunch of stuff that I watched this week I gotta add one thing. I don't know how I forgot. There's a little mini series on Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of this yet. It's called When They See Us. Mm. Oh, about, Ava DuVernay produced it, right? It's about or the Duvernay, Central Park Five. These kids. I, I don't tell you the whole story. I mean, it's like take you less than five hours. It's like four episodes. <clears throat> uh, I would say that it's something everyone everyone in this country should probably watch like just as a broad statement like just very necessary super good yeah super good it's it's it Jared, I also, well um i also watched whoa my video stopped recording on my ipad but anyways i also watched uh stranger things three so but since you haven't finished it i won't uh go into that uh, Still gonna watch two. Oh, you're. I thought I could have sworn you had said you had already watched three. Dom, I thought you were caught up. Yeah. How do you feel about Stranger Things since you haven't watched all of it yet? I mean, season one, like, oh, this is really cool. A couple episodes in, by the end of it, I was like, ah, eh, I don't really care Dude, if for you the think that, story. I here. don't think you need to mess with it because I'd yeah. say after finishing season three, I think season one's still the best by far. Cause yeah, I'm like, oh, these characters are cool. This, you know, the aesthetic is is cool. Um, but like, <laughs> the story, like the of what's actually going on, I was kind of like, all right, yeah, sure. It didn't. Yeah, I said me. I wasn't gonna say anything about Stranger Things. I felt that way, even like a few episodes in. I will say that. It's not bad. I think it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love it. That it's great. Um, so do you think? Are you uh, feeling like? Season three is better than one so far, Jer. Oh no, I agree with you. Season one's the best. Um, yeah. Okay. And obviously, I haven't finished season three yet, but yeah, it's just it's as it can take. Like you don't even you can watch season one and enjoy it and never watch the other two seasons and feel satisfied. You know. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's better than season uh, one at all. Um, that's it for what we've been playing. Let's hop into the news. Got some quickie news, and then we're going to talk about some new uh, Nintendo Switch hardware. Two different things that were announced. One more recently, and one we're about a week late on due to episode 150. Um, but first up, 
This is some other old news we missed. Uh, there's a Cuphead Netflix animated show that was announced called The Cuphead Show. Uh, it's currently in the beginning stages of development. Uh, it'll be hand-drawn, but digitally, so in a self-titled, tra-digital way. Um, it's not being it's being handled by Net, one of Netflix's animated uh, studios. It's not being handled by uh, Studio MDHR, though they are overseeing the project. Um, and it's going to be about the Inqua Isles and feature a lot of the characters in the game and some new characters and situations. I'm stoked. Uh, Cuphead is, uh, we've talked about it, it's like a really special game in terms of art style and the fact that Studio MDHR, the Moldenhauers, um, you know, put their home on the line for the success of the game, which is ill-advised. <laughs> Never do that because not everybody yeah. has it work out the way they did. Um, for every success story, there's, you know, 50-plus tragedies um but this is really cool because out of a lot of different game properties i think cuphead does have a chance to excel in other entertainment mediums just the, mm. the art style is very visually uh, uh pleasing uh, that's one thing about the show is it's slightly different than the game um because the art style in cuphead though it is visually pleasing it can be a little bit creepy and off-putting with some of the animations because it is a very retro old-timey like disney style that's how those cartoons really were like they yeah. were fucked up back in the day man so for it to appeal to a broader audience they tweaked it a little bit it still reads as cuphead um but it is a little bit more cutesy um you know and for the modern age it's not a hundred percent uh what's the art style people say everything is doing now the cartoon network art style the one for like uh you know all those cartoon network shows with uh I just Steven Universe, Steven Universe, and what's the one that takes place like in Portland that everyone loves? What is it called? Man, I can't remember it. I understand what you're trying to convey, but I <laughs> yeah. just don't know the term. Yes, they, they have a term for it because everyone's like, oh, all the cartoons look the same or whatever because they all have that same kind of style. It's not necessarily like that. It's just a more cutesy version so, of the Cuphead game. That's what I was going to say, Jared. I think Western animation, obviously... Uh, Eastern animation and anime, and, and to be more specific, is a whole other conversation. But I think Western animation is uh, kind of in a stagnant place, especially for TV as opposed to movies. It's homogenized uh, quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, and like, especially, it's all about the advent of 3D um, and what they've. Like, Netflix has so many goddamn 3D animated series that are like DreamWorks properties or what the fuck ever, you know. Um, there's still plenty of great stuff coming out, but uh, it's not, it's certainly not where it needs to be, and this is going to stick out um, quite a bit, and I would really like to see um, more things greenlit that are like this that don't look, like you said, part of that homogenized style. Well, the great thing is uh, we're recording this, obviously, the weekend of San Diego Comic-Con, we might get our first extended look at Primal, which is going to be dope. Primal, which is uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's new series. Exactly, yep, uh, which looked which really cool from the teaser. Is a perfect example of someone who has always done, as far as his 2D animation has been, um, very stylized and very much stands out from the crowd. I would say that Hotel Transylvania is the exact opposite. It's like basically just a standard looking DreamWorks style 3D animated movie series but uh, nonetheless with his TV stuff he, he goes there 
That movie, not a masterpiece. A lot better than it has any right to be, though. Uh, I, I think it's sure. better than, uh, you know, the cacophony of other DreamWorks. Oh, uh, it, it definitely, I would say they stand above the crowd. Um, you know, maybe they're like a good 7.5 or 8, but uh, as far as the animation style, they look pretty standard. Yeah, I agree. Um, next up, uh, Tim Willits. Uh, if you're not familiar, he's a studio director at id Software. Uh, he's been there for 24 years. Um, if you watch E3 every year, he was the guy, the shorter guy that stood next to the really large metal-looking dude when they unveiled uh, Rage 2 uh, at E3 2018. Do you, guys, you remember that? When there was like the really tall guy from Avalanche and then the really short guy from id? It's that guy. Um, he, okay. yeah, 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 uh, an older, like, white gentleman, doesn't really have any facial hair, he announced that he's leaving, uh, id, uh, now, uh, after QuakeCon, um, after 24 years, it seems like he just wants to move on to something else, um, nothing nefarious, you know, he just seems like he probably wants to pursue something, when you're a studio director of a successful, uh, development house like that, like id Software, the people known for first-person shooters, your career could become a little stagnant, so it's not surprising. We see this often with people who are at these companies a long time. They leave to pursue yeah. other ventures and kind of challenge themselves creatively, right? Um, yeah. No successor has been announced yet, um, but a lot of people feel that uh, one of the strongest names that can take over a studio director <clears throat> is another face you're probably familiar with, uh, Marty Stratton, who's the executive producer. He's the white guy with like the slick back black hair that comes out for all of the Doom presentations. It's usually him and Hugo Martin, who's the uh, the right. Hispanic guy that comes out, who's also one of the uh, producers on the games. He's been there for 23-plus years. Um, so people think that he might be the name to look at in terms of taking over the studio director. You know, it's software. Their history goes back a long time, and they're known for uh you know working with unreal known for being like some of the best if not the best studio in terms of first person controls and feel and all of that so leading that studio is a pretty important job i'm pretty sure bethesda is keeping a close eye on that because they're one of their best studios if not their best so um no news there just wanted to mention that because it is a big departure in the industry and uh tim willits though he's not a common name amongst people he's not a kojima he seems to be very influential and important in id software success. So be interesting to see what sure. he lines. Um, next up, another story I know all three of us are super excited for. Hope you sense the irony in my voice. Uh, EA announced Plants vs. Zombies 3. Uh, I know this game doesn't really matter to any of us, but Plants vs. Zombies has been whoa, huge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my bad. I, assumptions, Jared. Yeah, I didn't. I assumed you weren't a Plants vs. Zombies guy. My bad. Apologies. Whoa. I've been awaiting this announcement, bro. Are you being serious? Am I? Do I need? I'm being irony? serious right now. You don't fucking know me, bro. <laughs> so no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately excited. I mean, I'm not. You know, it may not be top ten excited, but I'm excited. So yeah, Plants vs Zombies three was announced. No real details outside of the fact that it will be free to play, but the beta version that they're going to be releasing has no microtransactions in it. Obviously, so hold your breath because it'll probably wait for release to add those in, you know, so who knows. That's what I was worried about right there, was free to play. That's what I was, I was dreading that statement. I mean, they've already done that with, like, previous games, so it's not that surprising, but it's just like, I, I wanted it to be just like a regular game that you buy. Yeah. Did I assume for you too, Dom, are you a Plants vs. Zombies guy? 
Yeah, and I can't believe you would disrespect such a historic, <laughs> historian's franchise. No, I don't give a flying fuck, dude. Okay. I'm sorry I for even played a little bit of Garden Warfare, dude. That game was surprisingly yeah. fun. I like that. I, that I've never been good. a Plants vs. Zombies guy, but those games are fun. Um, I wonder if the what it would be 3, right? I wonder if that could be a launch title for next gen. Maybe. Who knows? Because uh-huh. it falls in that kind of category, right? Like a launch window launch sure. type game. Sure. Um, that is a tremendous, uh, like, franchise conversion, spinoff type of thing. Like, taking something that's known for, what is it, kind of like a tower defense style? Yeah, that's what I would call it, yeah. And then you you incorporate those elements into basically a shooter. I really like that. So, the last bit of quick news before we hop into the Switch stuff is, um, like I mentioned previously, we're recording this during the weekend of San Diego Comic-Con. And yeah. the Marvel Games panel happened earlier on uh, July 18th. It's the day we're recording. Yeah. And there were some new details that came out about uh, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, there's some top-level stuff I want to cover first, and then there's some news regarding the campaign that Jordan specifically wanted to talk about. So we'll hit that yes. last. I'll get over these quick details first. So um, first up, they unveiled some new alternate costumes for the characters. Uh, they mentioned that um, there's going to be a lot of costumes from the history of the comics, right? The characters, their old classic costumes, certain costumes from certain events in the comics. But they also announced, just like with Spider-Man PS4, there are a number of costumes that were designed by Crystal Dynamics um, that are original suits. Um, obviously, none of this panel was supposed to be shared online, but it is the age of the internet, so images have been shown. Um, two of the costumes that were shown off were Joe Fixit for Hulk, which if you're not familiar with Joe Fixit, it was essentially his, like, original version of the character where he was the gray hulk with the business suit he looked like an italian new york mobster uh they showed off that suit uh and they also showed off a bearded hulk but they didn't and people are unsure who it is i talked to jordan before the podcast i think it might be maestro hulk if you're not familiar is kind of like the overlord uh, old man hulk from the old man logan series where he kind of like runs the world um and he has the intelligence of bruce banner with the strength of the hulk and then the other stuff they showed off that we didn't talk about, Jordan, was actually the graphics updates. Remember people complained about those? Yeah. Yeah, so they actually Especially, showed... like, the characters, like... Yeah, the character models. if you will. So, uh, an image of Black Widow came up online, and there's a comparison shot from um, the, the E3 footage, which she kind of looked like uh, an Uncanny Valley version of... For me, she reminded me of the actress from How I Met Your Mother and uh, Nick Fury's right-hand woman in, at S.H.I.E.L.D. I forget the, the actress's name. Kobe Smulders. Kobe Smulders. Chan looked like Kobe Smulders a little bit, but like not really. It was a very weird Uncanny Valley thing. Um, the new image, it you can see the improvement already. The, the hair on the character model seems to fit a lot more. It doesn't look like a weird wig. Um, if you're familiar with E3 footage... I wasn't too upset with the character models. I know some people were, but looking at these images, you can see an easy improvement over them tweaking stuff, and they heard the feedback. Uh, and the last thing before we hop into this stuff, you specifically want to talk about, Jordan. This came out from... Uh, they showed the demo, which was behind closed doors at E3, and we still haven't seen it, right? So apparently, people are saying that in the extended demo, um, if you remember when the ship explodes... Uh, it was due to like a Terrigen mist explosion, right, Jordan? I would, obviously, right. I'm not pointing to you, Dom, because I know you don't know anything about any of this crap, uh, this comic stuff. Um, so apparently in the demo, you see a girl who uh, gets consumed by the Terrigen mist, and she's identified as Kamala Khan. 
So people are assuming that maybe one of the first DLC uh, characters will be Miss Marvel. Dom, it's a it's a younger girl of uh, I don't actually know Kamala Khan's. She's from the Middle East, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if she's. I think she's Indian, but obviously I don't want to label her as something she's not. But anyways, she's a pretty prominent character now in the Marvel comics, and they're bringing her up um, because she's. I don't think she's Indian. Uh. I think I'm, I'm googling. Yeah, <laughs> Google to save us. Uh, but she's a pretty prominent character in the comics, Dom, and she's like a younger girl. So like, it's a character that Marvel wants to bring into the forefront for obviously diversity's sake, but also um, she's a young girl hero, which we don't normally see outside of like the X Men in the Marvel universe, right? Um, she's usually when yeah. she's featured in comics, she's like early high school age, uh, which would fit well. Pakistani. Pakistani. Okay, yeah. Um, not Indian. Um, so, anyways, her origin is that she's consumed by Terrigen Mist, and she gets these powers. So, it's just really cool to see. This is how I was hoping that they would tie in new characters with DLC, is that they're in-world. You know what I mean? So, it makes sense when they appear. It's like, oh, they're a hero. As opposed to, like, a randomly out-of-nowhere DLC. So, I hope they keep up with that. I just thought it was a cool tidbit. The story stuff that Jordan wanted to talk about. So, it was actually confirmed that the story campaign... There's two things about it. One, it's going to feature levels that are hero-specific, as well as uh, levels that you can choose any hero. And from what the director said, uh, Shane Escog, um, more of the levels will be open to interpretation for whatever hero you want to select, but there will be a good number of uh, hero-specific missions where you can only use them. Um, And the other thing is that single-player missions for the single-player campaign are completely separate and different than the multiplayer stuff. So when you hop into multiplayer, you'll be actually going and experiencing new things that you didn't see at all in the single-player campaign and vice versa. And you actually were pretty happy about this, right, Jordan? Yeah, so basically everything about that is spot on. And I think if I was going to ask for an Avengers game, I'd ask for those things. I'd say I'm wanting... To be able to choose what Avenger I play as, yes, it's going to be Iron Man quite a bit if he's up to snuff. And then, um, yeah, it's cool if they have specialized missions where they're like, you're going to go smash stuff. Obviously, you're going to be the Hulk, um, although I guess you could be Thor. But um, you know, you're going to do certain things with certain characters. Um, in, uh, hopefully, cool ways, not just like hit the targets with Captain America shield. You know, like. Um, and then obviously I probably won't get super into the multiplayer, but I think that, uh, those being separate missions is exactly what they need to be. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the best case scenario for everyone. Um, because not only does it give the game, um, more like actual gameplay for people, right? More built in value because you're not retreading the same missions. Um, it lets people who want to specifically do something, do it without worrying about, oh, well, if I don't really care about multiplayer because I'm just going to go in and play the levels I already played in single player or vice versa. So I think it adds to that. and it, I think it makes it better in terms of you wanting to upgrade your characters or get new costumes or, or grind because, as we've been told, all the DLC will be free, which means that even from the beginning of the game, it's going to be all stuff you don't experience in the single player. Instead of, like we talked about, retreading all the single player missions when it comes out and then having to wait for that DLC for it to be something wholly different, right? So, it's pretty cool. 
Um, another thing I wanted to add uh, that they talked about in terms of gameplay is that the Halicarrier will be like your hub for the game, um, which is really interesting. Uh, it'll. I, I don't know if that means like, uh, what's the place in Destiny called, Jordan? Where you tower. like all the multiplayer, the tower. I don't know if it's going to be the like the tower where it's a place yeah. you hang out the at. Farm and then, in Destiny too, right? Yeah, the farm as well. I actually like that location. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the farm's cool. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like that where it's uh, like a location where you chill at, and then when you want to specifically go do single player, multiplayer, you go there. Or if it's you, it's like a, like a map that you see in the actual ship where you can pick any number of those, right? I don't know how that's set up. Uh, we'll obviously find out more. They announced that the demo will be coming online after Gamescom, so around the time that the Cyberpunk demo is going to be dropping online as well. And uh, the last thing for comic book nerds, the other suits that they showed off for characters were the Iron Man MK42, which I don't remember that model off the top of my head. And uh, the scale male cap, which is one of my favorite like OG Captain America suits, which has his uh you know his chain mail scale stuff on his chest. Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. There was a collector's edition statue showing off two of Captain America. Um, be excited for that, I guess. <laughs> if you're really into collector's He's editions, be excited for E3. Uh, people like the quality at San Diego Comic Con. The thing there is like, was it just people excited because they were at the panel and they got to see it for the first time? Or is it actually like a really dope statue? Um, yeah. The track record of so, collector's editions would lead you to believe it's probably not. <laughs> you know, right. but we'll see. You talked about Miss Marvel Kamala Khan tease. I'm starting to wonder now, is the main story just the, the Avengers that we saw in the original trailer that you're playing as? And then you have, like, DLC missions, maybe, as... Well, I guess if you can choose and they add in another character, then you could, you know, let's say play as Deadpool, even though that's not really a great example. He's, he's technically an Avenger, but... Um, My assumption to that, Jordan, would be that yeah. in the story mode, I would say at the very least three hidden characters, right? Because right. if you're going into multiplayer, only having five characters for people to choose from, if it ends up being four-player multiplayer, it's like, well... You only have four choices. Well, we say that, but don't forget about Ant-Man. He also got teased. Exactly. So I think he, he may be one. Even though he's not like one of the main guys that they are talking about playing as. Exactly. He might be one. Kamala Khan actually might not be a DLC. She might be a character you see by the end of the story, right? Um, and Hawkeye could possibly be one, too. They've teased that. Um, That's I'm, I'm wondering if I should get excited for like possible characters that I'm going to get to play as, or if that's just going to be... More of an in-game thing, more of a multi online multiplayer thing that I'll be like, oh, cool, they added this character, but I already played through the story. Who knows if it's DLC or what. Here's what I'll say. I'll even put a bet on it. Not something that you have to lose for, but a personal bet, because it's how confident I am. I will bet okay. that there are at least three more characters than the five Avengers, right, that we've seen. At least three characters that you'll have access to at launch, and if that's not the case... I'll play through the first, I'll say, five hours of multiplayer with Black Widow, who's, like, my least favorite Damn. of the five to play through. Are you, like, making a bet against yourself? Yeah, I just, it's fun. <laughs> we need more bets on this show. I'm going to do a bet. Okay. You, hey, man. Oh, you, whoa. You cut your hair. Oh, it turns a little fuel on the fire. You, you I cut bet your we'll have at least one podcast. bet every episode for the next month. <laughs> 
I don't know about that, but <laughs> I wanted I wanted to throw something in there. So we'll see. So remember, if there's not at least three extra characters you can play as by the end of the campaign at launch, I have to use Black Widow for the first five hours of multiplayer. Oof. The game comes out in like a year. Uh, yeah. Oh, they, that's another thing. They announced the exact release date, May 15th. So oh. it was just May. It was just May, and then they announced May 15th, which I was like, yeah, we already knew that. And then I was, I was <laughs> reading, and it's like, oh, no, we just knew May. We didn't have a specific release date. So we've had uh, an Avengers movie in late spring the last two years. And so it'll be nice that this fills in that slot. Yeah, um, Good point. but man, looking at the schedule right now, uh, for me, it's like the first three months of uh, 2020, and this is just the games we know about so far and that I've listed, so I could be missing stuff, but like February, right. I have Ori and the Will of the Wisps, dope. April, we have Cyberpunk 2077, and then the following huh? month, Marvel's Avengers. I haven't written down uh, Final Fantasy 15 Remake, though I don't think I'm buying it at launch because I... Seven Remake. Uh, seven remake. I said fifteen remake. Yeah, um, we'll get that eventually. Um, I want to touch on this real quick since we're on the uh, subject of it. I've come to the conclusion I'm not buying seven remake uh, at launch because it's only on PS4, and the, the only reason I'm yeah. saying that is because yeah, uh, well, it's people are assuming there's it's a timed exclusive. I doubt it'll only be on PS4 forever, um, but it's solely because of the next console generation and the fact that like. This is still under the belief that it'll eventually come to Xbox. If we get hard confirmation it doesn't, then my plans will change. But I don't want to buy it on PS4, and then when the sequel comes out, I won't have any of that save data transfer crap that'll probably be in it, right? Because then I'll get the sequel on Xbox. I just, I don't want to deal with all of that stuff. So I'm just going to wait. Um, I'm still, like, one of those people, and maybe I, it's just because I'm ignorant, but I'm one of those people that's still, like, I don't understand what this game is as far as is this a part of a game that's just elongated? It's the first movie in a tri- it's the first movie in a trilogy of games. Yeah. So you've got like a trilogy of movies. It's Batman Begins. Yeah, it's like is, breaking up Harry Potter or The Hobbit into multiple movies for one book. Yeah, but, which makes sense. But okay, that's probably a better comparison because my I was gonna say uh, those trilogies or like like Batman Begins. You know that story uh, wasn't being broken up; it just existed already in three parts, right? This is a existing story that's being broken up. And I assume, you know, more is going to go into it. I don't really know. I don't yeah, really so get one's, it. Uh, the first one's going to be Midgar, which is like that town that you see. So right. from what I've read, and obviously I've never played through the game, but Midgar in the original game was like a six to eight hour experience. Right. Um, and then you'd go elsewhere. Obviously that game's kind of long. So this is just like they're expanding that. So like... There's going to be more stuff happening in the specific city. So what people assume is there's something that happens in the story, which I don't know about, that is potentially an an Easter egg, a spoiler. But, like, the game's going to end with you about to leave Midgar, and that's where the game ends. So the second game will be post-Midgar. You know what I mean? So I think that actually might be better for us who are unfamiliar with the game, Don, because it actually gives us more of the world to intake before we expand outwards like it's just a city we're focusing on whereas if it was like all of it it could be a little overwhelming um but to your point if it's a story being split up i hope it's satisfying by the end of the game and it doesn't feel like oh i just played one third of a game even though it is expanded you could still get that feeling by the end of it that's my worry i yeah. think that they're gonna make it work from what i've seen so far yeah i'm I, optimistic I, you have a 
you're more optimistic than me. It's just, I mean, and there's more time. They just haven't sold me on it yet, right? Because yeah. I'm still like, it just weirds me out because it's, I mean, this is a new idea mostly of what they're trying to do here. And I hope and I would like to assume that they're doing it for a reason, a creative reason, that they had some good ideas of like, you know what, what right. if at right. some point they were making this, like what if this all this other stuff also happened while we're in Midgar and then it eventually See, got to the point where they're like, well, this needs to just be its own game and then they went from there. Yeah. I hope there's good creative reasons for it is all. Yeah, you can go for sure. I'll go after you. I was just going to say, having been through the Midgar section, I can already tell that they've added kind of some meat to the the bones of this section yeah and doing this type of thing actually justifies a remake in a lot of ways to people because it isn't just a rehash of the same exact thing so in that way it gives credence to its existence in the first place of like yeah we're not just like up in the graphics on a game you already played what 20 years ago yeah although final fantasy 7 probably needs the least amount of convincing as far as (laughs) remakes go yeah yeah um, and I do think, I think partially part of it, Dom, is that we've seen Square Enix have trouble getting games developed and released in a, in, you know, a good amount of time. And I think them focusing on the city maybe gave them, um, the stress relief to like tackle it all in a timely manner instead of like taking on the entire game. Right. They're like, okay, we're going to focus on Midgar. We're going to beef it up, make it a standalone game. And we don't have to worry about doing the rest of Final Fantasy VII yet. Because I think if it was all of Final Fantasy VII, we probably still wouldn't be seeing this game for a number of years. So, you, know? you you made that sound good. And I'll say the same thing and make it sound bad, right? Of, oh crap, uh, Square is whatever. We need to get something out the door next year. There's no way we can do what we wanted. So, we got to split this project up into three parts. And we're going to sell what would have been, you know... A half or a third of what we wanted for sixty bucks, we're gonna, you know what I mean. The only counter argument kind of to that predatory is predatory idea. The only counter argument to that is they're releasing Avengers next year, which whether that's an okay game or a great game, that game's gonna sell very well. You know what I mean? True. So like they don't have another big game in their fiscal year, but then again, how much money are they really trying to bring in? You know, <laughs> maybe they do yeah. need both of those hitting at the same time. Yeah, because Avengers is probably also an, a big investment too. But you're right, that will. No matter what, that's going to sell bonkers. But that not that – I don't know when the fiscal year ends. Shame on me, I guess. But that April, May, May would be March. after, whereas well, Final Fantasy VII is now planned for prior to the end of the year, right? Uh, well – Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, hold on. Uh, let me see here. I'm looking up Square Enix. Uh, what are we looking at? What, are, what am I Googling? Uh, fiscal when year. When is a fiscal year fiscal end? Year. <laughs> and the yeah. release date for FF7 Remake. Uh – I'm checking to see what Three. their when their fiscal year ends. So their fiscal year ends in March, March 31st of every year. So I'm not saying obviously we had no idea, but I, yeah. there's got to be at least a hint of a possibility of someone said like, "What can we get anything out by the end of the fiscal year, or whatever?" And then that potentially drove a decision to split that game up where it might not otherwise have. I, I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's just my worry is that that's what's driving it instead of a creative purely creative decision it could be, it could be still too. good it could be yeah. both as well um and even funny... if that is what happened it could still be a great game and it's everything that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad thing or yeah bad value so it comes out march 3rd which is a couple of weeks before obviously which is crazy to think about that they're going to final fantasy 7 remake whether it's only going to be on ps4 obviously at launch it's going to sell gangbusters right it's going to do great for their fiscal year then like two weeks or actually no march april may six weeks after 
that fiscal year ends, they're already going to get a boom to the following fiscal year with Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Be pretty. Yeah. Um, that's it for our Square Enix talk for the week. Let's hop into the uh, the Switch news. So I'm going to go over the information. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, how do you want to do this? You want to go light, talk about it, and then new Switch skew, talk about it? Or you want me to give the details on both, and then we can just move the conversation from there for, for whatever you guys want to talk about? Let's, let's do both. Cause yeah, the, both. The, okay. The, the second, second one isn't as big. Exactly. So I'm going to read through all this, and then we'll have the discussion. So the Nintendo Switch Lite was announced. Obviously, we're a little late on this, once again, due to the episode 150. Um, but it's coming September 20th, 2019. Same day as Link's Awakening, day before my birthday, which is pretty cool. Um, it's going to have a new D-pad, uh, $200 price point, a smaller form factor. Um, it's going to be one solid piece of hardware, so the Joy-Cons are non-detachable. Um, slightly better... No HD rumble. Exactly. Uh, no HD rumble, non-dockable, no kickstand, and lastly, it's going to have a slightly better battery than the normal Switch, which uh, is two and a half to six hours, and this one's going to be three to seven. Um, it's going to be coming in three main colors, turquoise, yellow, and gray, and there's a special edition red, white, and blue Pokemon one, which we all talked about, like, mm. if there is a new model, it's going to come bundled with Pokemon. It has to, right? And we were right about yeah. that. Um, the second one that was announced uh, this week is uh, it'll pretty much be the exact same as the current Nintendo Switch model, but will feature a battery life of four and a half to nine hours, which is a great improvement on the current model's two and a half to six and a half. Uh, it'll feature a bright red package, uh, which is different than the current Nintendo Switch packaging um, to try to alleviate confusion. It'll ship in gray and the red and blue models that you're uh, that you know from the original Switch launch. Um, it'll release in mid-August in the U.S. and September in the U.K. Um, alongside the new model, there will also be two new pairs of Joy-Cons, a purple-orange combination and a blue-yellow combination. Um, and the oh. new su- Switch will cost the same retail as the current model. So we have two but different they Switches. they will release announced. just solid colors together. Exactly. Exactly. I want to t- the first thing I want to touch on is the new D-pad. This was one of the things that like kind of has I'm me. I'm really wa- glad you mentioned that. Yeah, kind of has me wanting to eventually buy a Switch Lite, uh, just as like wow. my portable. Um, cause I, I don't wow. think. Wow. So I was gonna say that kind of the exact opposite, which is that I don't know what the whole hullabaloo about the whole D-pad situation is, to be honest. And you know I'm all about the form factor of a controller, but. I tend to think that really because the new one the switch light is not disconnected it's all one piece right yeah I tend to think that those are actually uh, functionally a little bit worse for me because I feel like you have a higher chance of um, hitting a direction that you're not intending to um, I get that up and accidentally hitting right but uh, that's less likely, I feel like, when they are literal individual buttons. However, I can feel that... I can understand, like, the comfort of um, them not being those tacky little buttons over there on the so, left. So, Jared, have you seen... They do sell, like, a, a left Joy-Con that has a regular D-pad. You can't use it, uh, you know, outside. It has to be in handheld mode, right? Um but you could fulfill that need without buying a whole new console, I guess, if you really wanted the D-pad. True, true. Um, that's a valid point. It's just, just like putting for that me, out there. Yeah, I can't play Super Mario Maker 2 uh, portable. I can't. It's like I, uh, really? I hate that D-pad that much for that game. 
Uh, it's been wow. serviceable for other games. I just can't play it with Mario Maker. I don't know what it is. It's just like, for me, it's virtually uh-huh. unplayable. So I have to have a dock. Wait, I thought there was some shit with Mario Maker. Like, how do you... Because you can't do touch if you're playing it in docked mode, which is like the OG version of Mario Maker, right? So... Yeah. You're doing it all with the controller, I guess? Yeah, you can create levels with the controller. Obviously, it's way... No, I'm, I'm sure that's fine, but I'm just... You don't have to... You don't have, like, the drag and drop like touch controls or whatever yeah like the the premium like best way to make levels um it's 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 a little rougher uh playing playing docked uh creating levels but it's i guess you could create and handheld right yeah creating isn't too bad um i just like doing it on my tv because i like have more screen to look at like trying to create stuff it gets a little busy um yeah what else so yeah the d-pad uh Considering, so, I probably won't consider uh, since the new Xbox is coming out next year and the new PlayStation, but it's yeah. it was enough of like, hmm, the battery life is yeah. Slightly you of all people, like, Jared, which is is not the one to be like, oh yeah, I'm getting a PS4 Pro or or whatever, you know, like, um, that is surprising that 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 D pad is that important to you. Yeah, but it's like. It's like the recent announcement optimism in me, like the realist Jared consumer in me. I'm not gonna get it. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. If I'm being yeah, honest, sure. I'm not gonna get it. But like the optimist in me, like I mean, man, that D-pad. I'm wondering if having the form factor with the non-detachable Joy Cons is gonna alleviate some issues because we've even been, I've been hearing new reports about Joy Con drift, which just is basically uh, something that I remember from like old. Controllers yeah, that's back always on probably like PS2 days where you're. Well, what it is is your controller is recognizing movement in the left analog stick without there actually being you actually touching the stick at all, right? And yeah, that's happened before back in the day, Dom. But I feel like it was on either cheaper controllers or further into like using the controller. I feel like at this point it shouldn't be happening, especially. People talk oh, yeah. about it happening with, like, new Switch systems that they're just buying now. Yeah. It happens in mine. That's, like, probably six months after I got the Switch. I've noticed it every once in a while. Playing Mario Kart, sometimes you would just veer off to the left, and you're like, what the hell? I didn't do that. Dude, well, that might be uh, sync issues, like connectivity issues, because uh, I have that as well. I've, of course, talked about that. and Okay. And that's, that's a, a point. known issue with the Joy-Cons of even, uh, like tried to repair the or kind of yeah. like circumvent the antenna with, by cracking it open but with it's launch ridiculous Joy-Cons. it's just so ridiculous that the joy cons like someone was mentioning online these are like a luxury like premium controller because 80 bucks they're more expensive 80 bucks or 70 bucks um i think for a pro right yeah it's just like is obviously over 60 for PS4 or Xbox controllers. It's ridiculous that a DualShock 4 is not going to break down on you for a very long time, if it ever does. And Nintendo is just getting away with murder with how, I think, flimsy the hardware is in this situation. We'll see about the Switch Lite, obviously, but you know this is something... A concern that I remember raising at launch for Switch, where it's just really frustrating that that it's been uh, treated like totally different from other Nintendo consoles, which have traditionally been very solid in the hardware. So that's really upsetting. But um, 
I'm obviously this Switch Lite announcement really has me looking forward to a possible Switch Pro, um, which I'm hoping is um, kind of like all those hopes and dreams that I'm talking about. Um, certainly not going to be jumping ship to the new better battery life one because it's it's never been an issue for me. I'm I'm always around a charger and I'm not usually playing for like more than six hours at a time without hooking up. But uh, at the same time, it would be nice. I think that the battery life you're looking for in this situation is kind of more what I would have hoped for at launch, you know? This is um, the market so that refresh sucks, that we don't get as early adopters, you know? It's like right, the people who exactly. waited for a Switch can buy this. That's what it's for. It's not like, you know... Right. But, like I said, if I, I do think we're going to be getting a Pro next year. And uh, Give me that with that being said, <laughs> I think that... Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that you'll be looking at better better battery life for that, obviously, so... With the with the D-pad on the Switch, I don't necessarily need it to be the one that's on the light, like the fully connected cross. I'd even be down uh, with something akin to the PlayStation D-pad, right, where it's like almost connected. Arrow. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I just don't like the individual button thing. Um, for I was completely fine with it before Super Mario Maker Two came out, and then it completely shifted um, how I how I feel about it. But uh, yeah. yeah, they're interesting. Um, I know some people have been complaining about the Nintendo Switch Lite not having uh, less of a bezel. I think people don't understand these. The, the light is like for kids mostly, and I think yeah. having more of a bezel is actually better for it because it's less screen for a kid to break. Um, the one thing I was surprised too- at how many people have kind of like been interested in possibly getting it when it's like, I mean, pretty much in every sense of the word, it is a lesser version of yep. your if. I'm talking about people that already have Switches. Now, if you want to get a second one, which I don't necessarily understand because I think you would just get a second dock, like the whole point of the Switch is the portability. Although, Switch is a weird thing. Like, if I take it and I live with somebody, then they can't play it while I'm gone, you know? So that, I get that part. It's a whole logistical kind of... Also... uh, clusterfuck but if you're somebody who has like had you know there's people who had terrible luck with red rings where like they had like five right. red rings in a row whereas like normally right. you would have one right at the very least yeah um me there's probably people who have suffered from really bad luck with joy con drift and stuff like that so maybe the prospect of them having like a fully contained thing where they're not constantly shelling out 80 dollars for a new pair of joy cons that yeah being said, that person is me and that does sound nice but i just feel like <laughs> It's so not. I, I don't feel like it's guaranteed that it'll be fixed with it being one solid piece. Yeah, <laughs> and I do also feel like the Switch loses a lot of luster when you take away the detachable Joy Cons and the switching between handheld and TV mode. Yeah, Dom. So it's like um, then it just becomes like a really beefy handheld, which is cool. But I cannot imagine myself not being like. Oh, I'd kind of like to, you know, hop back and forth. I feel like you're a pro could improve upon an already really cool concept with a switch, but I I feel like this is uh, the opposite of an improvement. I feel like this is kind of a downgrade. Well, I can do with that like HD Rumble or the 
detachable oh, Joy-Cons. Oh, for sure. Like, for me, the detachable Joy-Cons are meaningless to me, too. Like, I'd, I'd actually be okay if they were fully attached. Yeah, I guess that is kind of, like, the, that's a relatively moot point. The non-dockable stuff is the the killer. Like, why? Right. Why can't I just put it in my dock? I mean, yeah, yeah, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, I don't know how they would have... Uh, well, not putting it in the box is how they make it cheaper, I guess, even though the dock is a cheap piece of shit. But um, it is smaller, so like, would it fit into a regular Switch dock? That is, once again, logistical nightmare, but... Uh, it does suck that it can't be docked. I will That's give him thing. points for I. I personally like all four of the. I mean the grays, like whatever. It's like a boring gray, but like I really like the turquoise and I really love the yellow and the Pokemon one I is not pretty. I like fighting. that yellow, man. I, that's my favorite I just, one. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Those, even the grays, they're kind of weird colors to me. They're I pastel. Like. I don't know why, but yeah, they're like halfway to pastel to me they don't feel like fully pastel colors pass. I don't know. They... <laughs> they're pass <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but they're like uh yeah the gray is a, seems like a much lighter gray from what like i have on my gray og switch and so um i don't necessarily like that as much as the original yeah i see you dumb yeah i, I think they're pretty cool um, the light is not, that's not a me thing because, um, I need the detachable joy cons and I need, I mean, half my switch time is docked and half is handheld. So I need having two yeah, controllers and on the TV, well. switch. you know what I mean? That's all, that's all part of it. So obviously, yeah, you're very much getting a gimped version. Gimped might not be the right word, you know, but less features, right? I don't know. It's, so, it's kind of a, a good way to put it. It may be a little bit harsh, but that's, that's about how I feel. Yeah. But I mean, the jump from $300 to $200, that's a big jump, right? Because $300, that's yeah. the price of a console, right? That's the price of a PS4 and an Xbox One nowadays, or slightly over even. Whereas $200, that's the price of a handheld that people are typically used to, right? So they're entering, yeah. I think they're opening up a whole new market of people who couldn't afford it and wanted one for their kids but didn't want that, didn't want to give them a $300 handheld, maybe $200, and like you guys mentioned, less parts moving maybe it won't fail as less although if it does if a joy con does break your whole unit's fucked right you can't replace just yeah. the joy con that's the inverse of that but on, i think on, the price point is like really the big deal and you think about it's coming out before black friday like imagine the black friday bundles where it's like 180 for it in a game or something you know what i mean uh where it's like a exactly. little slightly cheaper where like 180 it's, is even like you know crazier it doesn't hurt to have options yeah um, oh, i yeah. will say the one thing i'm the reason I'm bitching about color is because I do think in general the color situation since Switch has come out, like I was talking about with the Joy-Cons you mentioned, Jared, I just think that the color situation has not been great. Um, but that's, you know, I've got a solid gray one. I like that it looks, you know, like just like a, a cool piece of tech, you know, kind of like my other consoles. So it's crazy I'm, that I'm okay with it. It's crazy you can get a fully customized Xbox controller with Bluetooth in it for less money than Joy-Cons of a certain yeah. color. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. That is wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's it for this I'm week. super down. I'm super down with that, that new regular model, though, because um, I do get that Joy-Con drift uh, just in the left one every so often. And that battery life, like, it's not so, so not necessary, right? Because uh, I almost always – I'm always playing at home handheld so it's like i can get a charger by me but then the one thing i hate is like this thing doesn't have bluetooth so 
Playing in bed. All right, got to plug oh, the charger in. God, got dude. my headphones plugged in. No I got cords all draped me. around me. Yeah, and that to me is where I'm like, okay, better battery life actually helps that because it's that much longer before I have to plug in the cord, the power cord. And so now yes, I only have just the headphone cord. You know. I don't necessarily think you're gonna be guaranteed a better Joy-Con situation. Like that's true. It's gonna they're gonna they're really gonna have to prove to me like I mean they don't have to prove to me but like. It's going to be a long time before I ch- trust them with this, with any Joy Cons, because they're so like they're so goddamn expensive. They're they really are kind of like a premium version of the other controllers, and yet they break twice as much. They have all these sync issues. They have the Joy Con drift issues. Like the list could really kind of go on and on, and it's just so fucking obnoxious. The fact that like people were accidentally locking when they were trying to put the 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 wrist thing on you know that you can like slide into place on yeah. the Joy-Con and you can accidentally do it the opposite direction and fuck your thing up it's like god damn it why why is it more expensive and it works half as well I think in order to see major changes it'll have to be in that like pro model right it has to be something that they're actually like maybe making a move towards newer hardware because obviously this the new Switch skew is just, like, them swapping out a certain part, right? So it's not, like, changing much of right. it. And the Switch Lite is, like, they're removing they're removing a bunch of stuff. They're not really adding anything, <laughs> you know? So it's, right. like, you know. Um, before we close out, there was one thing I wanted to check. I, I'll go last in terms of what we're going to be playing. You two can go first. I'm going to see if we had a bet related to the Switch uh, skews. Well, we did. Okay. We okay. definitely did. I said something about it. I can't remember what, though. I'm looking. But Go ahead. Uh, what I'm going to be playing, Red Dead. That's it. I am at one of the any day now, as soon as I start to get bored on Red Dead, which may or may not happen for three months, but I do want to play this damn Cadence of Hyrule game because I've not played it yet, which is... Oh. If you would have told me, you know, at any previous point in my life that a, a, a new... Okay, never mind. In the past, like, three years that a new Switch Zelda game came out and I didn't play it at launch... I would have told you to smack that future version of me. So I got to play Cadence. Yeah, but you didn't realize how many fucking Zelda games they were going to be tossing out left and right. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. What are you going to be playing, Jordan? So, who knows if I'll even pick up a controller this week, you know? I mean, I might drift on by a console. Exactly, (laughs) I'll just be like, I I don't actually have to pick up the controller for it to actually move my character right now, so... Um, let's see, as far as, let's talk about stuff I'm definitely going to be, uh, watching. More Hannibal Season 2, because that's a, a, a gripping show, let's say. Um, I am probably, I'm just a couple episodes away, gentlemen, from finishing the entire se- uh, series, I should say, of Teen Titans. Uh, which is, if I don't, if I don't have a chance to talk about it, I mean, it is just... It's just a delight. It is a really cool show. It's right there at the cusp when you can see American animation really starting to pull in the anime influence, which the show has a, a whopping ton of. And uh, so, yeah, last few episodes, this final fifth season, they've been doing um, kind of a more connected uh, through line for the story. And, um, you know connecting it episode to episode as opposed to a little bit more of a 
standalone vibe for the other season. So I've really been enjoying that. And just, you know, I love DC Comics. You know, I love these characters. And uh, Teen, Tar- Teen Titans, that series is a big part of the reason why. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been cool to go back through the entire series and see all the episodes and, you know, individual uh, characters getting their... Uh, their own stories and and time to shine um so yeah i absolutely love that show and i'm excited uh for the teen titans go versus teen titans uh movie that we'll be getting later on this year so um there's that uh i've been watching plenty of gundam um some g gundam some uh double zeta gundam uh so definitely be uh continuing on with the gundam I gotta say, man, G Gundam, Dom, I know you've been asking me about this. G Gundam has, thus far, my favorite fucking Gundams, dude. Because this one's actually about um, all these different space colonies from different countries. Like Neo-Mexico, Neo-Japan, Neo-America. They all have their own Gundam that's fighting, uh, representing them as like their champion, essentially, right? For domination. And uh, they all have very distinct vibes for that country. My favorite is Gundam Rose, and that is from France and has a really cool um, kind of like French uh, officer's uh, military uniform um, kind of vibe to it. Whereas uh, Gundam Spiegel from uh, Germany kind of has like... uh, uh, what do they call them from the from World War One with like the the helmet kind of like what Star Wars would bring to the table with stormtroopers, but you have like the helmet with the spike on top. You know what I'm talking about? Stuff like that. All right. Um, you don't know what I'm talking about? Like from no. World War One. I know. What <sighs> Thank you, Jared. Um, Gundam Bolt. There's a lot of cool Gundams. So yeah, loving. The Gundams in G Gundam. Totally 90s. Very, very much uh, 90s anime. So, Jared, um, you got your answer? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first, uh, what I'm going to be playing, Super Mario Maker 2. I'm probably going to hop into one of the uh, Shadow of War or uh, Gears 4. I want to get Gears 4 to be in before Gears 5 comes out. Um, so, during the end of the year episode, you know, when we normally go over like our predictions. We're going to have some interesting discussions about, like, semantical arguments and whether something counts or not. So, um, first up, <laughs> so first up, one of the qu- predictions was, will Pokemon Pokemon 2019 Switch bundle feature custom Joy-Cons? So, technically, obviously there is a uh, custom Pokemon, but they're they're not jo- – are they still considered Joy-Cons if they're permanently attached? I don't know. That's so tough shit. Because, yeah, they, I would mm, – Here's I the thing. There's no – there's no incentive for us to disagree on this because we all literally predicted the same thing. We all said it would, and the the question was the colors, and we said each colors of each version, which we got right because one, one side of it's blue and one side of it's red. Damn, dude. This is weird. Yeah. So we all guessed the same thing, so it doesn't really matter. We all either got a point well, or the we buttons, all even Actually, I can I can get your semantics going. The buttons are the one that are the, the different color. Even if it was technically a Joy-Con, the Joy-Con itself is not a different color. True. So you got an etching of each of the Pokemon on the back, though, from both games. 
But it's not on the Joy-Cons, it's in the, like, the middle of it. Right. Like, if you cut it off, right. they'd be more in the sure. middle then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either either I'll get a point or don't get a point, it doesn't matter. Another thing, uh, Dom, you said one of your predictions was Nintendo Switch or Vision lighter system and new batteries. You nailed it. Um, there was another one here. Where was right it? Right down the middle. Obviously, there's a bunch of these that we can answer by now, but there was another one that was relevant to this. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, what won't happen in... Wait, but was Dom talking about one single item there? Uh, because one of them has a better battery, and one of them is in the light version. Uh, no, They the, both have a better battery, the, the light has a better battery than the regular Nintendo Switch. Oh, it does? Yeah. Slightly better. It, it's... The base one is two and a half to six, and the one on the light is three and a half to seven, as reported by. Yeah, shit. Yeah, slightly better, but still better. Um, the other one was, uh, what won't ha- what won't happen in twenty nineteen? Microsoft gets more studios, no PSX, uh, or Nintendo Switch revision. Um, I said PSX wouldn't happen. Dom said PSX wouldn't happen. Jordan, you said there wouldn't be any hardware revision for Nintendo Switch, so you got that one wrong. Wow. Uh, I took a gamble there. To I remember taking a gamble there, and I lost. This so this one, uh, this one's going to be tough by the end of the year. I just a couple of predictions that are relevant to this episode. One, uh, one of the ones I had was, will we know? We'll know more officially about the next Xbox than the PS5. That's tough because we kind of know like vague stuff about both of them. You know what I mean? So we'll have to figure out which one. Yeah, we but that's know more about. It's official. Well, no, I guess. No, the PlayStation had the interview. About it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the year and see which one technically has more. And then, uh, Jordan, this one's tough because you said Microsoft announces the next Xbox before PS5. The thing is, we don't know either of their names. PlayStation came first, but they didn't give a name to it. They just said our next PlayStation. I, I would say that neither of these consoles have been announced. announced. I agree. Yeah. The, the companies have confirmed that they're ne- making next-gen machines, but they have not announced them. Yeah, because even, what's the new one called? Project, what's uh, the new Xbox called? Project Scarlet. Scarlet? I want to say that's an announcement. Scarlet? For me, announcement is right. like the so official like, name. They haven't even announced a, a reveal event. So like if they were doing a reveal event, that would be them like announcing, we're doing a console, and here's, you know, the reveal event is going to be at this time. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, but if you wanted, you could get into another semantic argument about the definition of announcement, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Yeah, well, because the whole thing too is that they haven't called it the PS5, and his the specific thing is before PS5. Okay, That's a whole other fair. semantic. If you want to go, semantic, it's gonna be. Jeez, yeah. there's um, my best. Let's get down this to the nitty gritty. The tough thing though is, is I that... think as it sits, I think you have, you don't have, I think you have more of a chance to get it wrong than to get it right. I think you're gonna sit in the middle because. I don't think Microsoft's going to talk about it again this year. Whereas if we do have PSX, we have a chance of them talking about the PS5. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. But who knows? Sure. I could be wrong about that. Jared, can you name the movie that I just quoted? I didn't hear your quote. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Oh, How to Train Your Dragon? No, what? I guess my accent wasn't on point. Dom, you got to guess? It sounded Scottish. Uh, yeah, it's not... yeah, what's the one? I don't know fucking boondock saints or something I was, no it's not no that's irish and no member? no it's it's nacho libre oh yeah that was a bad accent you're Never actually you're normally down to the nitty-gritty you're normally really good with voices totally sounds scottish to me i would have never guessed nacho libre i mean like i get where you're coming from but like jack black I'm isn't very good at accents either so. well, I, yeah i'm trying to like do a <laughs> oh version God. of this guy 
like making fun of people that are trying to do yeah stupid Mexican acts. Like it's a whole thing. I'm trying to think. I don't remember that scene. I ate some bugs. Oh, got I it. ate some grass. Got it. Got it. I used a leaf to wipe my tears. Um, before we go, uh, condolences to the Kyoto Animation team in Japan. I don't know if you guys saw this. There was an arson attack and it like killed thirty three people. Uh, there was no shit, dude. Yeah, Anime News Network over here. Whoa. And they're one of like the more prominent animation studios in Japan. Like they're responsible for like a lot of stuff. So that's really unfortunate. Uh, And uh, Michael Huber recently lost his brother to cancer, which is awful. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah, Michael Huber is obviously a friend of the show. He's been on the podcast. Uh, love and respect. Um, cancer sucks, man. Love. So. Love and respect. Thank you guys. We'll listen to. We'll listen to. We'll see you guys. <laughs> Completely got jumbled there. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on episode 152. Please follow us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out on Twitter. Please be excited for E3. Did I say excited for E3? No, it's just I love. You know what I'm referencing? Like the. It's a Square Enix guy who unveiled oh, please like, be excited. a Final Fantasy game, and then he's just, as he walking off stage, he just says, please be excited for E3, and it's like, oh man, that's some <laughs> Japanese to English, not quite there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Thing. Jordan is at Melomotus. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. I'm at Jared underscore. Controlled Interest is at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. It's Controlled Interest abbreviated. We'll catch you guys next week. See you guys later. Bye.